All right. Good morning. Good. The rest of you, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be here with you this morning. I'm Pastor Bubba. And uh, if you're a visitor, I'll just let you know, only good-looking people come to our Amen. Savior's church. Amen. And uh, we're just praying for people. That's okay. And so I just want to welcome everybody here this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so blessed. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Zach last week? I talked to him on the phone and uh, I'm trying to get up there to go to Nashville and uh, see him and my other son, Matt. And what happened, it ended up... We started talking to each other, and what happened is, uh, as soon as I hung up, there's a friend of mine that has a church just outside of Nashville, about an hour, 45 minutes, two hours, and literally, he called me on the phone right after I hung up with Zach, and he goes, Pastor Bubba, I go, what's up, Roy? He goes, you're supposed to come preach for us on October 27th. The Lord's been, you've been on our heart, and you're supposed to come. I go, Okay. I said, let me talk to the queen mother. That's my wife. And she said, go, just go. And so the cool thing is that I'm going to go a couple of days early and leave a day, or, uh, a, a, a day and a half after that I'm going to be with them on Sunday so I get to see my boys. So it's, isn't it good that God knows what you need? And you didn't even, I didn't even ask God. And so uh, my uh, granddaughter is going to have a little birthday, and Claire's going to have a birthday, so I get to be in the birthday party. How many of you like parties? Amen. Okay, good. I'm glad. Three of you do. The rest of you, <laughs> y'all been out to the Rice Festival. Y'all just can't, y'all don't know where you're at. But uh, this morning, I just want to welcome you back, and we're going to start a series called Crazy. Say me, say crazy. Okay, and there's a lot of times that, you know, how, how can you step out of crazy and find calm and chaos? And, you know, uh, I, I just believe this. When we... Uh, let, let's look at uh, the theme verse, and then I'm going to go right into it. And this is what Jesus says will happen in the end times. And he says, he says uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. He said, be careful. How many of you know we all need to be careful? How many of you told your children, be careful? But they did what you told them not to do, and they weren't careful. And how many of you go, that's me too. I've done that. And so what happens, he said, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with uh, carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day will, will close on you suddenly like a trap. And see, today I'm going to talk to you about uh, what you say is the number one, what they say is the number one source of stress. When we did the 21 days of, of prayer in August, we found out it's number one, and even in this church and all the churches, and it's the stress and finances. Come on. I mean, you know, how many of you know money talks? Most of the time it says goodbye. <laughs> and we found that that was number one. And number two was just praying for people and family that have people that are dependent on, on drugs or alcohol or other kind of things that they're just, just, they're dependent on those things and they need freedom in their lives. So, so what I want to do today, I'm convinced that people are not stingy many times. They're just strapped. Come on. They're just strapped. And see, I want to help you to get out of that financial black hole you're in. So there's two documents that will show me the two most precious, where your two most precious resources are. That's your calendar, <coughs> excuse me, and your checkbook. How many of you need revival in your checkbook? Don't raise your hand. But here, as a preacher, I'm not a chef. I'm just a waiter. I'm just come to serve. God doesn't make 
uh, have me make the meal. He just has me deliver it. And don't get mad at me this morning. I'm just going to deliver the goods, okay? Is that all right? And so this morning, I know that God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope if it's from him. And so this morning, you know, out of 16 of the 38 parables, Jesus shared where your possessions on possessions and money. And one out of 10 verses, that's 280 in the gospel deal directly, 280 verses deal directly with money. Uh, there are more verses in the Bible about possessions, think about this, than heaven and hell is mentioned. Because we know that possessions, it really shows where our heart's at. And money, I'll just say this, money will buy you a bed, a bed but it won't buy you sleep. Money can buy you a house, but it won't be, it doesn't mean it's going to be a peaceful house. You know, money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy your health. Money will buy you amusement, but it won't buy you happiness. Hello? Money will buy you a relaxing vacation, but money won't buy you a house where you'll live for a forever home, and that's heaven. You see, only God can do that. In Luke chapter 15, verses 1, uh, 11 through 12, Jesus continued, there, there was a man who had two sons. You know this story. Very familiar, but I'm going to use it in this message today. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. If you knew anything about inheritance, is that uh, if you were the oldest son, you got 90% of everything and that custom and the other children got the, the 10% and they had to divide it. That was part of the blessing of being the oldest. How many of you got, how many of you are the oldest one in your family? You were blessed. The rest of you, ah, sorry. And so what happened in Jewish culture, people who heard this story were just, they were blown away. They were, wait a minute, when Jesus started sharing this story, this, he said, because God loves you enough to, how many of you know that God loves you enough to get you, to get you what you want? How many ever got what you wanted, and then, it, then you realized it, really went, it wasn't really what you wanted anymore? And see, I believe this. I, I, we're all, we're, many people are just stressed out. I love that old commercial where they had a guy on a lawnmower, and he's talking about everything he owes. He goes, I'm in debt to my eyeballs. Will someone please help me as he's mowing the grass? And see, I want the Holy Spirit to come alongside and help you and let this word be something that speaks to our hearts that becomes practical. I hope that I'm very practical because the most important thing <coughs> is many times when people hear a message like this, they feel guilty or shame. And that's not what this, this message is all about. This message is here to come and be a help to you. We're, you know, if you're stressed out, when, when you're, here's how you get, I, there's four things that I believe that when you get stressed out, when you're consumed with having more. Ecclesiastes, number one. It's Ecclesiastes, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil chasing after the wind. How many of you know that one dollar is good, but two dollars is better? How many of you know that one donut is good, but two donuts are better? How many of you know that one wife is good, but two... That's wrong. You see, but... I believe this. Too many people are spending money they haven't earned yet. You'll think it ought to sink in. And things they don't need to impress people that they don't like. Come on. Many people get stuff because they just want to impress people. You see, Luke says it like this. He's going, not long after that, 
the younger son got together all he had. See, when you want, the second number two is when we want everything now. Now. I need it now. There was a guy in Lafayette in Abbeville. Not, it was not Lafayette. It was in Abbeville probably about 20 years ago. And he begged his parents for a Carvette. And they told him he weren't getting him a Carvette for graduation high school. So what happened is that boy went and he shot his parents because they wouldn't buy him a vet. And two days after he shot his parents at Service Chevrolet, the vet that his parents bought him came in on special order. That boy's still in jail now for something he felt like he needed. He had to have. He wanted it. You see... When we want everything now, there are some young people that are married and they go, man, I just want what my parents have. But you don't realize that it took your parents 35, 45 years to accumulate the stuff that they got. Come on. <coughs> if you go look in my closet, not my closet, but my, I have a shed in my garage and I have a rack. Okay. I don't play golf. I, 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 I don't do, I hunt. Okay. And I fish. And so if you go in my, my, my little room, I have lots of hunting clothes. I could provide, well, I don't know, a lot of people that are in my size. Okay? I have boots of different kinds, you know, one for quail hunting, one for duck hunting, one if it's shallow water, one if it's deep water. I have all those things. But it took a while for me to accumulate. So when guys come in, man, you got everything. I said, it didn't happen overnight. Because, see, I was born on October 8th. I turned 60 this month. And, uh, and what happened is it took me years to accumulate those things that I have. So when young guys, Pastor Bubba, you got all this. I said, yeah. It took me a while. My birthday's perfect. I told my wife one time, I said, my birthday's perfect. So if people want to get me stuff, it happens right before hunting season. <laughs> During hunting season. And so, I mean, literally, I do. I, I'm fixing to go to, uh, I'll just confess to y'all. I'm fixing, I got invited to go be with some great pastors or something. I'm going to go hunt pheasants and pheasants in uh, South Dakota in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, and so the, even the place I'm going to go preach at, the guy's a big-time turkey hunter. So I'm trying to ho hope I can get a preach and get a little hookup on turkey down the road. Okay, well, I'm just telling my heart. But. Because I might trade a goose hunt for him. I'll bring him a goose hunt. Anyway, let's get back to the message. It's not working. There are some young married people. See, you don't have to have everything now. I love the amens I got on that one. Luke says it like this. Going back to Luke. Set off. So what he did, he set off for a distance in a country. And there he squandered his wealth and living uh, in wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything. See, the third thing is when we spend everything, we have. That brings stress. How many of you know that brings stress? You see, they say this Americans spend 200, last year, Americans spent $240 billion on gambling. And people ask me, Pastor, do you gamble? No, I don't gamble. I've never have. Have you ever been tempted 
Not really, because on the money it says, in God I trust. And so i got to just trust him. Amen? Now, people say, well, Pastor Boy, if someone won, won, won the lottery and they wanted to give it to the church, would you take it? I said, heck yeah. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I'll claim that all over the map. And you can write up. I mean, listen, if it's used for the gospel, yes, I will. Are you hearing me? And I'm that's not promoting you to go play. Pastor, I felt a burden. They got the Powerball. It was one number off from last time. I'm going to win it next time. Don't do that. They said the average credit card in America is $16,601 per credit card. And the average American has three credit cards that they charge them. Imagine that. That's overwhelming. See, Jesus, the next verse, verse 14, and there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. See, the famine that happened in the country where he was at, when he had spent everything happened on the on the, it happened on the day that he was broke. How many of you know that you never know when hard times come? You just don't know. You have to be prepared. And so what I want to do is this. Is, is in the fourth and final thing, when you're unprepared for storms. How many of you know the storms of life come, no matter if you see them or not? I was just, I, I didn't know, but they had a hurricane in the Gulf that went through Florida it caused tornadoes and stuff, but it, it just happened like that. One day it was there, then one day it was, you know, it's nothing's there, and then it's there. And what happens is when, the, when we're unprepared for storms, see, Isaiah says it like that, for, us, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and it will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, the word prince does not mean royalty. Prince, the word is sar, S-A-R. You see, sar means lord, chief, general, the one who's in charge. How many of you know when God comes and we ask Jesus to come to our lives, he didn't, ask, he didn't ask permission anymore for what we need to do. He just tells us what we need to do. He sends his Holy Spirit. Those that are filled with the Holy Spirit, he sends a comforter, a paraclete, someone that comes on side of you to help you, to encourage you. You know what? It's like... Sometimes God brings correction, but that's okay. If you receive the correction that God gives you, it's just bringing you to the right direction God wants you to go. Amen? And see, that's what, as a parent, that's all you try to do when your children, when my children were young, <coughs> I didn't spank them, I whooped them. What does that mean? I whooped the devil out of them. I remember, you know, they, when uh, Zach, he was the oldest. I'm just tell, I'm tell you right now, he's not preaching here anymore. He's not the pastor, so I can tell on him. And if you're listening to this tape, Zach, I'm telling on you. Zach, when he was little, was a big liar. He could lie. His brothers, I remember one time we had this one. It was a dis, they disrespected this one guy, and I brought in Zach. He was the oldest, so I'd always bring him up, oh, Dad, I, did, I promise I didn't, Dad. Dad. And I'm like, I believed him. Then my second and third son came in. They're going, <laughs> I remember that was like one of those times where I just whooped them for disrespecting an adult. Then I came to find out they really didn't disrespect him. He was just, it was a long story. And I felt bad. And years later, you know, you're sitting around the table and everything and and Zach, excuse me, and Zach goes, oh, Dad, by the way, 
And my other boys go, Dad, Zach lied. When we told them, he lied. I go, Zach, did you? I go, you little weasel, man. You lied. You see, sometimes, you go, why are you saying that? Because some, the word Lord is used 7,800 times in the Bible, and Savior is only used 36 times. And so everyone wants a Savior. It was like, Zachary, I just need out of this. I need to get saved out of this. So I'll do whatever I got to do. But no one wants a Lord. You see, so shalom, we use that means rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, contentment. So when he says prince of peace, I want to show you how, God, how the Lord and peace go hand in hand all throughout the scripture. Let me just read you a few. Since you're asking, where are they? I'm, I'm going to give a few. I love coming here because y'all ask good questions. And so Psalms 4, 4 verses 8 says like this, in peace, I will lay down and sleep for, for you alone. O Lord will keep me safe. Psalms uh, 29, 11, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with what? Acts says it this way. This is the message of good, the good news for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You see, when we, when you do it the Lord's way, this is what you get. Let me just show you. Give an example. You won't forget that it's like this. God's way is God's protection and God's peace in the storm. Amen? Amen? This is God's peace. This is God's protection. But when you do it your way and say, I don't need God, I don't need this, I don't need that, then what happens is you open yourself up for any attack, for anything. Am I? See, that, that's what stresses people out is that most of us are stressed comes from ignoring God's principles. And what I want to do this morning, I just want to give you five principles of financial peace. How many of you like to say, oh, pastor, bring it on. I need some peace. Peace is a byproduct when you're living but filled with the Holy Spirit and God, you allow God to speak to you and he can guide you through a field of peace. How many of you have ever been somewhere you don't know where you're going, but you're going, God, be with me. And this is, this is like that. There are five principles of financial peace. The, number, the first one is obedience. Say it with me out loud. Say obedience. obedience. Come on, Crowley Church. You can do better than that. Say obedience. obedience. See, tithing is not generosity. Tithing is obedience. Oh, would you have to get on that, Pastor Bubba? <laughs> tithing is consistent, joyful, thoughtful giving to God's church, the one you attend. I don't eat at Popeye's and pay at Burger King. You see, tithing is a thank you note to God who is responsible for every blessing we enjoy. There was a guy, there was a, a story about two guys that got stranded on the island and one's really just stressing out. He's going, man, aren't you worried? You're just laying back, relaxing. You're like, nothing's going on. But who's going to find us? He goes, bro. He goes, why are you not nervous? What's why, why do you have all this peace on you? He goes, well, let me just say this. I make $100,000 a week, and I tie it to my local church. My pastor will find us. You'll, you'll get that later. Malachi says it like this, 3, 8 through 12. 
Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offering? You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in your house. Test me. It's one of the only places God says it. He says, just test me. He says, the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open, think about it, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store. How many of you like to have that problem? And he says this, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. See, God puts all of us on an honor system. He doesn't take it. You bring it. Hello? Someone told me, he said, well, if you don't bring it, the world will take it. See, are there tithers in the house that can testify to this? Man, God, you have, man, I, as I've applied this principle, God, you have, see, the Gallup poll says that 20% of church people say they tithe. But in reality, only 3% do. 40% will give nothing. I, I found that when people are not tithed, they're probably cheating in other areas of their life. Thanks for all those amens. Amen. I'll just say that the, the percentage for all of our campus is better than that, percentage-wise. You see, I believe that for us is that it starts with obedience. How many of when your children obey you, you bless them? Come on. None of y'all? The children have been held back. I'm going to just release them. <laughs> they gave me a note in children's church. Please, pastor, pray for our parents, that they be generous to us. Anyway, obedience. Obedience to God. Obedience to the Holy Spirit. So you're not fighting me. You're not fighting the church. We don't come to you and try to beat you down. Or we've never done that. That's not our heart. That's never where we're going to reach people and build lives. And there, along the way, there will be people who say, I'm going to test God and see if this stuff really works. This gospel stuff works. I can say this. I've been saved for, for, for 39 years, almost 40 years. And I, Tracy and I faithfully tithe. And when things get rough sometimes, we remind God, God, we tithe. And we give offerings. Tithing is just obedience part. Offering is far and beyond what we do. Last year as a church, we gave 17% of everything that comes in away to other ministries, to other places. See, the second thing is contentment. Say it with me. Say contentment. contentment. Say it like you mean it. Say contentment. contentment. When I was a little kid, my dad had a, a football scholarship at UL. Uh, and it was USL back then, and we had one little TV, and it was a black and white, and it had rabbit ears. And I was a tenna adjuster and mover. How many are you talking about? And, and we had three channels. That's on a good day. On a, you could get KATC, Channel 3, and Channel 10, and sometimes, just sometimes, if the wind was blowing right and the aluminum foil was in the right position... You could catch Baton Rouge, Channel 9. 
And every once in a while, you could catch Lake Charles, but very seldom. But I remember, you know, you want, you want, my dad would want to watch a show or something, and I have to get, all right, son, Joan, get the, get, get the tinfoil. And he'd put it on the tinfoil, and, and you go, all right, stay right there. Don't move. But I'm behind the TV. I can't see. I want to watch too. You know how it is if you'd move, it like, <laughs> all the people that are younger go, what are you talking about? That's another time, another generation. I'm just telling you, that's the way it used to be. And now that we have 500 channels, no one's content. There's nothing to watch. Come on. You ever have your kids go, hey, there's nothing to watch tonight. And really, there really isn't anything to really watch. The secret to contentment is this. Gratitude. Thankfulness. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the the realization what you already have. And that you could be thankful for what you have. Everybody came to church this morning. You had shoes. Some of you didn't wear socks. That was your choice. Aren't you glad everybody got up this morning and got clothed? Amen. Come on. The Bible said we're naked before the Lord. Before the Lord. Aren't you glad it's not before everybody else? Because <laughs> in nakedness, we try to hide spots that we don't like about our bodies. Hello. And see, what happens is when you walk through things, you see, Timothy says it like this. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. If you're content, it's like having great wealth. After all, we we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything. We can't take anything with us when we leave it. How many know that? They had a guy that he was real stingy, and he told his wife and his children, he said, look, when I die, I want you to put all my money in my casket. I want to, I want to be buried with all my wealth. His wife just said, okay, honey, but what about us? I want it all. The day she said, she says, you got to swear to me you're going to keep your promise. And she said, I swear, I'll keep my promise. So when he died, And they put him in the casket. She wrote out a check. And everything he had and put it in the casket with him. You'll get it later. (laughs) So if you have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation or trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin. And destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. God is not against you being wealthy. God is not against you having things. Can I just make that? Can I just say that? (coughs) God's against if those possessions have you. See, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. When some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I believe we need to count our blessings and not count our money. Amen. You don't have to count your cash. Count your blessings. Amen. You know, some of us, you know, go, well, Pastor Bubba, it's hard to be content. You don't have the car I got. No, I don't. But, you know, I hate my stupid car. Instead of just saying, God, thank you. That I have something to get around. 
My grandmother was a spiritful believer. She loved God. She had great faith. She prayed me into the kingdom with tears and a broken heart, like many of you. And I remember her refrigerator was kind of going on the blink. She had a refrigerator freezer. And it was probably 25, 30 years old. I don't know. It was old. It looked out of, out of fashion. It looked like it was, came out of the 1950s catalog. But it was probably the top of the line when, it, when they bought it. And my grandfather was tight. He didn't like to spend money. He had money, but he didn't like to spend it. And, you know, he was the kind of, like, if you go to the backyard to play, go, close the door. The air conditioning is going out. You know, so as kids, we just, you could never keep the door open. You know, he's like, close the door. You know, and you go try to check out what was in the refrigerator. Find it and get it and get out. Yes. Okay, Papa. But I remember one day it started going out. The freezer started going out. And the ice cream started getting soft. You know what I'm talking about? And then one day, the motor went out. And my grandmother knew my grandfather was cheap. So she went over to that refrigerator. She laid hands on it. And she kicked that thing all with all she had. And the motor started kicking on again. And she goes, in Jesus' name, come out. I rebuke the devil, the refrigerator demon. I don't know what a freezer demon. She cast it out. And for two more years, it ran. Eventually, they had to get a new one. But, you know, you got to count your blessings for what you have. You just got to. The third thing is margin. Say it when you say margin. margin. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you think, what do you think a book would lo- look like if we had no margins in it? See, a marginless, marginless is crazy. Margin keeps you calm. Marginless is debt. Margin is surplus. How many of you like to have some surplus? See, marginless is anxiety. Margin is security. Marginless is exhaustion. Margin is energy. You see, Proverbs says it like this. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You know, Christmas will be here in two months. Think about that. Some people are going, oh, God, the stress, all that that it brings. We often do more, do more than we should, to be honest. I can't find a lot of my Christmas presents from the past. Can I encourage you to simply just, in the words of the great theologian, Buddy the Elf, I thought maybe we could make gingerbread bread houses and eat cookie dough. And go ice skating and maybe even hold hands. That's margin. And a marginless Christmas season sometimes. It's all about what you get. I know some families that go, you know, we're we're not getting gifts, we're going on vacation. I know we're not, we're just doing so much. Because they want margin in their life. Listen, I've got nine grandkids, six children, and three of them are married. And I could go down, and my list is getting longer and longer. And my wife and I decided years ago, said, this is all we're going to spend, and this is how it's going to be. That's just the way it is. Now, for the children that still live in our house, looking living, we're going to bless them a little more because whatever. But we're going to have margin in this. We don't need to buy gifts at people that don't like us, and we're just trying to impress them. And we really don't. Hang out with them anyway. 
wow, you don't have anybody like that in your family? Pray for me. Because, you know, at my Christmas time, we have in-laws and outlaws that show up. The fourth thing is this, is generosity. Say it when we say generosity. generosity. Psalms 112, 5 says, life is good for the one who is generous and charitable. Generosity is not an act. It's a character quality. It's not an act. It's a character quality someone has. What do you mean, Pastor Bella? I know this. People that are generous, they walk into a room and look for things to help, to give, and to serve. And you know what? Yeah, there's many people that are generous in this church because they look for a place to serve. They look for a place, hey, how can I make things better? Those are people that are generous. And sometimes it has nothing to do with money, but it's giving your time and your talents. And sometimes it is. And, hey, we need to get this. Well, let's get that. I've had people that have been very generous to me over the years. I had a guy call me the other day, Pastor Bubba, I just caught a bunch of, bunch of catfish right there in Delcom. They've been, all they've been doing is eating shrimp. You want some? I go, bring it on, Shia. I've had people give me shotguns. I've had people give me, I've, had, I've received three cars. Free. I, went, I mean, one just happened recently to my son Luke. I was looking for a car. Someone found out and said, you know, and then long story short, he got a 2014 Toyota Corolla. How I many you know that's a, like a good blessing? Just God, people that wanted to be generous. I didn't ask them. The last thing is dependence. Say it with me. Say dependence. See, Luke says it like this when the boy that ran away, took his possession and his inheritance. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. <coughs> Make me like your hired servants. So he got up, he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Can I just say something? If you've made bad financial, if you're in a bad financial place, look at me, just own it. Just own it. If there's things you need as I've shared, if there's things you see that you're doing wrong and it's not bringing peace, repent. That means see your wrong, turn from your wrong, and don't go back to your wrong. That's what, that, that's what repentance means. Godly sorrow means you change direction. I'm not walking this path anymore. I'm walking a new path. God, listen, the Father didn't move in this story. The Son moved from the Father. God never fusses at you for what you have done to yourself. Are you stressed? Look at me. Are you stressed? If you are, it's the time to run to the Father. He knows exactly what you need. He knows what you've been longing for. 
He knows the stress or the weight. The Bible says, it's, it's, you know, it talks about a burden. The Bible says to cast your burdens on him. And the Bible says, because he cares for you. For some of us, it's just casting those things off that we thought we had to have or how we made mistakes. I believe this. You're one heartfelt, honest prayer from your life changing forever. I know being married 35 years, serving the Lord for 39 years, my wife and I have had to make adjustments over the years. And we're just at a point where we were just getting financially better. Then I, I got cancer. Hello? How many of you know that will strain your budget? Okay, three of you go on. It just will. And how we just had to stay at God, you know what we need. I can't tell you how many times either a hospital or a doctor or did, they did something or even if they made a mistake on something, how they've discredited the bill. My wife would go, hey, this, it says we owe this much. So, well, last month it was 20000 I said, God's going to take care of it. Then it, I got it one the other day. Now it's down to 1400 I'm like, God must have did something because I didn't do nothing but depend on him. You see, when we don't know what to do, we don't know where to go, we got to run to the Father because he knows what we need. He knows our heart. He knows the guilt and the shame, and that's where, that's the burden. Where the Bible says we're to cast our cares. We're to cast the burden. We're, we're to cast the shame and give it to him because the Bible says he takes care of us. How many need God to take care of some things in your life? In your finances. How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, my finances need revival? Okay. We're going to pray that God would bring, breathe life. It's if you follow the principles of financial peace. You see, it's coming to a point of obedience to God, contentment to God, margin, generosity, independence. Let's pray. Let's pray bow your hands and close your eyes. Maybe you heard this morning and you said, Pastor Bubba, I don't just need financial peace. I need peace in my heart because I'm not at a place where I'm really serving God with a whole heart. Would you pray for me? I need to give my life to God, all of God, because I've tried to do things. I've tried to do a little God, a little bit of me, and it's just not working. I need to trust God with all of my life, with my whole heart. Would you pray for me this morning that I would give my heart, my whole heart to Jesus? If that's you, no one looking around, your eyes closed. You say, Pastor Bob, would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand real quick and I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Let's just all pray this prayer together out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. Come on, help me out, church. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sins to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. 
and heaven is now my home. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning and they feel just that, that pressure of stress. I pray right now, I cancel every assignment that the enemy has over their life and their mind and their heart in Jesus' name. And I pray for an open heaven. I pray, Father, for a download of your peace. I pray for a download of contentment. I pray for a download, God, that, that we would realize that, God, when we follow your ways, that, God, you bring your peace, your joy, and everything we long for that you bring. I pray that on everyone here this morning in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, say, I receive that in Jesus' name. Amen.